This week, as you studied in your lesson, you were in Ephesians chapter 4, and you got a glimpse on spiritual gifts. She had you go in and list some. Um, And um, you looked at several passages, and you made your own list of what the Bible says the gifts are. Um, This morning, we're going to go a little bit deeper, okay? And hopefully, we will answer some of the questions you may have about spiritual gifts, um, with and what role they play in your life personally, okay? So make sure you have your Bibles open. Um, in fact, we're not going to be in Ephesians very much this morning. So go ahead and turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 12. Um, be sure to have your handout in front of you. We're going to be filling out that this morning. Okay. But before we get into the gifts themselves, we have to have a clear understanding of the source of the gifts, where they come from, and our relationship to that source. Um, If you remember in Ephesians, at the very end of Ephesians chapter 1, remember Paul had gone through and he said, oh, you've got some spiritual blessings, and he listed some. And at the very end around, I think it's verse 13 or 14, he starts talking about the Holy Spirit. And how we have been sealed in the Holy Spirit. Um, We're going to take that truth and we're going to dig a little bit deeper and see what being sealed in the Holy Spirit really looks like. Okay? So, you, um, and what's so neat about this is Paul does this for us in 1 Corinthians 12, where he talks about spiritual gifts. So, um, just so you know, if you look at the top of your um, handout here, the first handout, there's a list of four, the four main passages in the Bible where spiritual gifts are spoken about. Um, and it's in uh, 1 Corinthians 12, where we will be today, Romans, 1 Peter, and Ephesians, which you saw this week. So you've got half of them. You're going to have half of them done today. Um, but before... Um, So what I want you to do is let's start in um, verse 1. Here Paul tells us right away. He says, Now concerning spiritual gifts, brethren, I do not want you to be unaware. Then what he does is he spends three chapters, 13, 14, no, excuse me, 12, 13, and 14, speaking about spiritual gifts. See, the Corinthians had a problem. They weren't using their gifts correctly, and they were given some mixed, well, wrong messages about spiritual gifts. So Paul's trying to straighten them out. And it's good for us to hear this too because we have a lot of questions about spiritual gifts. Um, And we're going to answer those today. So unfortunately, we don't have time this morning to read through all of chapter 12, 13 and 14. So bear with me. I'm going to kind of skip around in chapter 12. But I encourage you ladies, go home today or tonight or sometime. Pick it up. Read through it so you get the context. We want to see the whole thing. So, so do that. So skip down to verse 12 in your Bibles, chapter 12. And let, let's start there. And let's look at um, more about the, the sealing of the Holy Spirit. Verse 12. For even as the body is one and yet has many members, and all the members of the body, though they are many, are one body, so also is Christ. 13, for by one spirit, we were all baptized into one body, whether Jew or Greek, whether slave or free, and we were all made to drink of one spirit. Now, Paul is telling us 
two important facts in these verses. First, let's start in verse 13, okay? We find out that we have been baptized by the Spirit. Now, this is not when you go up um, in the water pool with the pastor and he puts you under. This is something different, okay? Um, baptized here, if you go look at the uh, Greek, it means immersed. We have been immersed. I want you to see that in God's spirit. Okay. Next, in that same verse, he says at the end, we were made to drink of one spirit. So the drinking here shows the indwelling of the spirit. Okay. This indwelling in us. What you're seeing is Paul's telling us we are completely consumed by the Holy Spirit. Okay. Now, to illustrate this, um, I want you to picture this. You're on the beach. You're walking down the shoreline, and all of a sudden you look down and you see this fish. Now, it is still alive, but it's flipping and flopping. It's dying. So what you do is you pick it up, and you throw it back in the water, right? And then all of a sudden, it hits the water, and it's immersed in the water. And as it is immersed in the water... The water does what? It comes through its mouth. It goes through its gills. The water indwells it. And when that happens, the fish starts moving. It starts going and eating. It does the things the, a fish does, it's supposed to do. It's able to live the life it was created to live. Now, you know what? The same is true for us. We're, we're dead. We're dying. And Jesus has picked us up. Remember John the Baptist told us, um, there is going to be someone that comes after me. He's going to be greater than I am, and he's going to baptize you. He is going to baptize us with um, the Holy Spirit and fire. So Jesus has picked us up, and he's taken us up, and he has immersed us in the Holy Spirit. And as he does that, the Holy Spirit comes and indwells us, and it it makes us able to live the life we were created to live, okay? So let that magnitude sink in because we've got to understand that to understand spiritual gifts, okay? So why are we immersed and indwelt by the Holy Spirit? In this context, go up to verse 12, and, and, and God tells us right there, for even as the body is one and yet has many members, and all the members of the body, though they are many, are one body, so also is Christ. Do you see it? It's the body of Christ. We become one with other believers as the body of Christ. Now, I don't want you to think the church here. I want you to think beyond that. Paul wants us to see when we are saved, we become one with other believers, and we become the physical representation of body of the body of Christ on earth. Remember last week, Heidi um, talked about this. She said, we are to display Christ. That's why we are being indwelt and um, immersed in the spirit of God. We are to be his physical representation. And I don't know about you, it makes me sit up just a little bit straighter knowing that, okay? Okay, so look on your handouts at the very top. It says, we are immersed and indwelt by the Holy Spirit. 
to represent Jesus on earth as his physical body. We call this the church. Okay, so we are immersed and indwelt in by the Holy Spirit. So how do spiritual gifts fit in with being immersed and indwelt in the Holy Spirit for us personally? Now, what we're going to do, we're going to look at three separate verses to answer that question, and then I'm going to combine them all to um, give you the answer to that. Look up at verse 7 and 8 in chapter 12, and let's read that. It says, But to each one is given the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. To one is given the word of wisdom through the Spirit, to another the word of knowledge according to the same Spirit. And Paul continues to lift, list the gifts. I want you to see that context there. Um, here we're shown two things. Remembering the context is spiritual gifts. First, he says, each one is given the manifestation of the Spirit. Well, what does that mean? Manifestation there in the original language Greek means um, to make visible. Okay? So we are to make visible. Um, tell, oh, excuse me, telling us that through the gifts given to us, we are to make God visible. Okay? And then it says, why? For the common good. Now, remember our context here is he's talking to believers. So he's saying there, you're gifted for the good of the church. Okay? Now, hold your spot there, and I want you to go to Ephesians chapter 4. Because um, we're going to come back to 1 Corinthians. So Ephesians chapter 4, and we're going to go down to verse 11 and 12. Okay, verse 11 and 12. And 11 says, And he gave some as apostles, some as prophets, some as evangelists, some as pastors and teachers. Why? For the equipping of the saints, for the work of service, to the building up of the body of Christ. Okay, so hold on to that, those two thoughts. Now you can flip over to 1 Peter 4. 1 Peter 4. And we're going to go down to chapter 10. Okay, 1 Peter 4, chapter, excuse me, 1 Peter 4, verse 10. As each one has received a special gift, employ it in serving one another as good stewards of the manifold grace of God. Whoever speaks is to do so as one who is speaking the utterances of God. Whoever serves is to do so as one who is serving by the strength which God supplies. Why? So that in all things God may be glorified through Jesus Christ, to whom belongs the glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. So what is the purpose of spiritual gifts? Well, we have seen spiritual gifts are not given to edify ourselves. Number one in your block, the truths about spiritual gifts to remember. Number one, we are given spiritual gifts to make visible, excuse me, to make God visible by serving one another in the church to build up the body of Christ and bring God glory in all things through Christ Jesus. It's all about God and Jesus' body, the church. Okay, so we took those three verses, and I just, we just kind of combined them into number one there. Okay, um, there is a guy named Ray Stedman. 
he, in fact, he's one of, on your last page, there's a list of resources that you can go look at after you leave here. Um, he's one of them. He wrote a book called Body Life. You can actually see it online free. There's a link there for you. Um, this is what he says. When it lives in and by the Spirit, the church is nothing less than the physical extension of the life of Jesus to the whole world. So you see it again. We are the physical extension of Jesus Christ. Um, also, we need to learn something. These gifts are not earned, okay? You can split back over to 1 Corinthians 12. We'll try to hang, I think we'll try to hang out there the rest of the day. Um, when you look at, up the word gift in 1 Corinthians 12, it means um, a gift of grace, an undeserved benefit. So number two, spiritual gifts cannot be earned. They are gifts of grace. Okay, they cannot be earned. So who gives the gifts? Well, we're going to look at two verses, and we're going to find out who that is. Back in 1 Corinthians 12, let's go down and look at verse 11. Verse 11, and it says, But one and the same Spirit works all these things, distributing to each one individually, just as he wills. Now skip down to 18. But now God has placed the members, each one of them, in the body, just as he desired. So number three, the Spirit distributes gifts to individual believers, God is the one who decides which gifts each believer is given. Well, that tells us something else. Number four, we do not get to choose or ask for gifts. Okay? We don't get to ask for them. Well, who gets the gifts? If you remember in 1 Peter 4, it started out, each one has received a spiritual gift. So number five, every follower of Jesus Christ has been given at least one gift, okay? Every follower, I didn't say believer, we know there are people who believe in Jesus but are not followers. Satan's one of them, okay? Follower, okay? When are spiritual gifts given? Number six, from what everything we've read, we receive gifts when we are immersed and indwelled with the Holy Spirit at salvation, at salvation. So look down now in 1 Corinthians 12 at verse 29 and 30. And we're going to read this scripture, and it's going to answer several questions for us more about spiritual gifts. So verse 29, are all apostles, excuse me, all are not apostles, are they? All are not prophets, are they? All are not teachers, are they? All are not workers of miracles, are they? All do not have gifts of healing, do they? All do not speak with tongues, do they? All do not interpret, do they? So, can a person have more than one gift? Yes. Okay, Paul's a great example. He was apostle, he was a prophet, and several other things. Okay. Does anyone have all the gifts? No. Okay, no. Let me rephrase that. Is there one gift that everyone has? No, the, that verse right there um, was very clear on that. Let me give you an example of this. Um, when I was in my young, early 20s, I worked at Duke Energy. 
uh, there was also another guy there that I worked with who was a Christian. We knew we, each other were Christians. And one day he came up to me and he said, can you speak in tongues? And I said, no. He said, well, you don't have the Holy Spirit. I went, I don't think that's right. I knew something didn't sound right about that. So that night I went home and I got my Bible out and I started looking and I found this verse. So the next day I went back to him and I said, um, won't you look at this right here? So he, we read through that verse that we just read. All are not, all do not have tongues, do they? And his jaw dropped. And he, you could look in his eyes and you could see, he saw right then in God's word, his church had told him a fib. That everyone, if you heard of the churches, I don't remember the denomination, we won't talk about that, but that's what the Word of God does. It, it shows us truth. So, number seven. Let's put these together. Someone can have more than one gift, but will not have all the gifts. Okay? Also, number eight, there is no one gift that everyone has. So, I'm, everything that's in the um, block, the shaded block there, are things when people come up to you or you start thinking and are asking yourself questions about spiritual gifts, come back here. That should be your hedge that you stay in, okay? Because you can see we're pulling this right from the Bible. I wanted you to see that. Okay, so how are spiritual gifts used? Go up to verse 4. 4 through 6 says, Now there are varieties of gifts, but the same Spirit. And there are varieties of ministries and the same Lord. There are varieties of effects, but the same God who works all things in all persons. So what Paul's telling us here, yeah, there, there are different gifts. There's different ministries that the gifts are used in. And out of those many ministries, there will be different results that come out of those. Um, people could have the same gift... But the way these gifts are used may be different, and the outcome of them being used may be different. Let me give you an example. I have two hands, right? They're both hands, right? They have different functions. I, I can't write with my left hand. So if I'm writing a letter, I put the piece of paper down, and I'm holding it with, well, you know, a long time ago when we wrote letters and not emails. I'm holding the paper with my left hand, and I start writing with my right hand. Now, the results are this is keeping the paper steady, and I'm getting everything written down with my right hand. Do you see that? They're both hands, but the way they're used and the outcomes of what happens with them are different. And that's the same thing with gifts. Okay. You know what? This should free us up. That if I see someone that has the same gift as I do, we don't have to be doing the same things. The results of what we do don't have to be the same, okay? So that should um, free us. And, you know, if we feel that way, if we feel like we have to be the same, we are going to be ineffective and defeated for the, God, the work that God has for us to do, okay? So number nine, people may have the same gift, but their ministries and the effects of their gifts may be different. They may be different. So your gift is going to direct you, ladies, to what ministry you need to be working in. Now, I'm not saying 100% of the time, but that's going to be a clue for you, where God is wanting you to be, okay? 
So what are some of the spiritual gifts? Well, like we said, you listed those this week in your homework, looking at several passages, but I want to add two <laughs> to the list. If you go, we, we're not going to go there. If you want to look down at verse 28, you can. You will find there's two more gifts listed there, helps and administration. We'll talk more about those in just a little bit, but we're going to add those to our list. Now, if you look in your handouts, I think it's the second page over, front and back, you're going to see a list of 20 gifts there, okay? Um, and on that list will be each, well, if I can get there, each gift, their definition, a couple of scriptures, a few scriptures, and a little extra information about that gift. Now, just so you know, the scriptures, you can see there's maybe up to four or five of them. I have a list um, that has almost every place each gift is, each, uh, excuse me, a list of scripture that every gift um, is mentioned or talked about or defined or something like that. If you want that, I will be glad to give that to you. Um, you uh, my email is at the top of the first uh, sheet there. Just email me and say, I want the list of scripture where, all the, where each gift is listed. And it will be, I'll send you pages and pages and pages. Email them to you because there's a lot of them. My book at home on spiritual gifts is about that thick when you go look. So I won't send you anything that thick. <laughs> okay, don't be scared about that. But if you want to go and look at other places, I'll be glad to share that with you, okay? Um, now, definitions. I, I want you to understand where these definitions come from. Um, well, first I want to give you a warning before I give you the talk about definitions. For as many websites, as many books, as that you could go find spiritual gifts, you're going to see a different listing of what the gifts are. A lot of times you won't see what you pulled out of the Bible this week. You'll see some stuff added in, some stuff subtracted. I want to warn you about that, okay? Just be aware. Um, there's different thoughts out there. What you did this week was the correct thing to do. You went into the Bible yourself, you pulled out um, those scriptures, and you made the list yourself. God is a good God. He gave us the list. So we didn't have to go and wonder and think and add stuff to it, okay? So I encourage you to stick to the list that, that we have there in front of us today, okay, that you created this week. The definitions, I want you to understand where they came from because you will find different, different definitions for the gifts out there. Um, in creating the definitions was twofold. One is, we looked at the, the original Greek word. What did that mean back in the New Testament times? Okay? Then we went and looked at um, places in the Bible they were used. How was that gift being used? We took the definition and the way it was used, combined it together, and that's where your definition came from. Okay? So I wanted you to be aware where that came from. Now, also, there are some very solid believers out there that will say some of the gifts that we have listed do not, aren't being used anymore, okay? Um, or that they, they don't exist anymore. Also, they will say some of them are combined. And we'll talk about that, a few of those. I'll tell you which ones those are in just a second, okay? Now, 
Also, in 1 Peter 4, oh, I told y'all we weren't going to move somewhere else, didn't I? I'm sorry. Okay, you know what? This is the last place you're going. So go back to 1 Peter 4. I'm sorry. Verse 11. And we're going to fill in number 10 on our sheet. 1 Peter 4, verse 11. It says, whoever speaks is to do so as one is speaking the utterances of God. Whoever serves is to do so as one who is serving by the strength which God supplies. Number 10, do you notice there's two categories for gifts? Speaking and serving gifts. Okay, there's two categories of gifts. There's speaking gifts and there's serving gifts. Now, I also want you to notice one more thing. Who's empowering these gifts? You sit there. If you have the speaking gift, you should do it with the utterance of God. If you have the serving gift, you do it by the strength of God. It's God manifesting himself through you. Okay, I want you to see that. Okay. Let's talk about some of the gifts. I wish we had time that I could go through every single one with you, but we don't. So I'm going to pick out a few. Okay. Let's look at the first one on your sheet of spiritual gifts. Apostles means one sent forth, a messenger, an ambassador. Now, the message would be the gospel or the word of God. The one sending is God. Apostles are those who are sent out to take the message of the gospel. You might call them missionaries today. That might be a possibility. Okay? Prophets, prophecy. Now, Prophecy is twofold. A lot of times we hear prophet and we think of the Old Testament times and we think, oh, they're going to tell about the future. They're going to tell about the future. Okay. Prophecy, twofold. I want you to think of two words when you hear prophet foretelling and forth telling. For, F O R E telling and F O R T H telling. Okay. A prophet speaks forth the mind and counsel of God to proclaim the truth of God to others. Okay? Now, yes, in Old Testament times, there was the foretelling. Okay? We, we, we can see that in the Bible. But think more these days as the foretelling, telling forth the word of God. Okay? Pastor, teacher, pastor, teacher. Notice it's one. We remember in Ephesians 4.11, you read that this week, it said, And he himself gave, gave some to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, and some pastors and teachers. Now, some will believe that the pastor-teacher is two separate things. And yes, if you go somewhere else, one of the other four passages, you will see teacher listed as it's separate, a separate gift. Others believe pastor and teacher here is one gift. Now, let me explain why. Two things. Did you, know it did you notice it was some apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors, and teachers? You didn't see and some teachers, okay? That's one thing. Also, the and, that's between the pastor and the teacher. If you go back to the original Greek, that's the Greek word kai, K-A-I. What that means is... That is, in particular. So what, the, um, because of the definition of the and there in the original Greek, it's tying those two together. Pastor, that is teacher. You see that? Okay. 
So that's why we'll have it listed here as pastor teacher, as one gift. Exhortation. Now, it doesn't mean come up and say, hey, you're doing real good. You're a real good person. Yes, you can say that. But let's take it a little bit further. A person with the gift of exhortation will be someone that's going to come alongside someone else and motivate and encourage that person um, with the word of God. They're going to add a little bit more of that in there. Okay, I had a friend yesterday who is a great person with the gift of exhortation, and they texted me and they said, you know what, I'm praying for you now. You know, and that just really encouraged me all day. I was encouraged because she was, I knew she was praying. And um, that's what a person with the gift of exhortation does. So you might hear that word called encourager, but exhortation. Okay, let's go down. Leadership and administration. Um, many will say this is one gift. That may be why she didn't have you go to 28 and verse 28 and pull out lead, um, administration and helps. Because some will say leadership and administration is one gift. Some will say helps and service is one gift. Okay, um, I have it separated out as different gifts because... Um, in the original language, it is two separate words. Okay. Now, leadership and administration. A person with the gift of leadership is one that's going to go out and set the goals. They will set a particular direction, and they're going to lead people to a particular goal. The administrator is going to come along, pick up that goal, and make it happen. They're the people who are organized. They can um, able to facilitate excuse me, facilitate certain activities. Okay, see the difference there. And like I said, helps and service, some say they are the same gift also. And you can look at your definitions there for them. There are also some gifts people say do not exist anymore, like healing, miracles, apostles, tongues. Okay. Just know that. Now, I want to ask you something. How, how would knowing and understanding spiritual gifts help the unity and the love we are to have with each other in the church? How would knowing that um, help us? Obviously, the Corinthian church had a problem. If you, know, if you go read all of first chapter 12, you're going to see Paul getting on them about unity you're one body. We're different parts of the body. He uses the body to um, describe spiritual gifts. You've got to work as one body. So how would knowing each other's spiritual gift help us be unified? Well, first of all, it's going to help us to appreciate the differences in one another and to understand each other better. And we're going to understand, you know what? God designed the differences so that there would be a body that functions correctly. Okay? And it shows us that one person can't and is not to do it all. God gifted the church, gift, excuse me, gifted believers to come together to function correctly to make Christ look right. Remember, we are the physical representation of Jesus Christ. We've got to make him look right. Okay. 
Let me give you a story of how this can help unify us. When I was younger, I had one of my gifts is the gift of helps. So we would all come together, you know how you have Sunday school functions or what, I don't know, whatever events it is, and we come into the room and we always bring food, we always eat it all up, and then there's a big mess everywhere. So the people with the gift of helps, we, we see that, and we're going to come along and go, okay, let's wipe those tables, let's put everything up, and we're wiping the table. So I'm sitting there one day and I'm wiping my table, looking around, and there's these women over there just talking. <laughs> and I look over here. And there's other people talking. And I'm sitting here thinking, do you not see there's a bunch of work to do? Why aren't you over here helping us? Okay? Um, God showed me, you know what? There's differences. Guess what, ladies? Those people who do not have the gift of helps, they don't see there's a mess that needs to be cleaned up. (laughs) They're over there. They, They just don't see it. And that's okay. Because guess what? They're over there encouraging, which I don't have the gift of encouragement. They're over there talking to somebody and having the gift of mercy, which I don't have, okay? So I need to stick to my business and clean up the tables and let them do what they need to do, okay? And that's good. God made us that way. So you can see, once we see the gifts and understand spiritual gifts, it kind of helps us understand each other and to know, you know what, it's okay. God made us this way, and we need to be this way so we make Christ look right on the church, to the world, excuse me. Okay, so for the question that hopefully you are asking right now, how can you recognize or learn your own spiritual gifts? Um, You know, understanding your spiritual gifts helps us to know what area of ministry we need to be in, that we need to be involved in, um, where we are to serve our body, the local church. Um. There are a lot of tests out there. If you go Google spiritual gift tests, you're going to get a whole bunch of them. Okay. I encourage, and have I taken tests? Yes, I, did. I have taken some tests earlier on, and I'm going to tell you why to steer away from them. First of all, um, they're God-given gifts. Okay? We, we need to go to the source. We need to ask him. And we're going to list that in a minute. If you're taking a test and just Googling, you don't know what gifts you're being tested on. Are they really gifts? Um, A lot of times when we answer those kind of tests, it depends on what mood we're in that day. We could answer some a little bit different, okay? Um, and And that's true. I can tell you from experience, my own experience, those tests, yes, they might hit hit a gift, you at least have one gift. Some, some will have more than one gift. Um, they didn't show me my gifts. Um, I, I found out after, after studying spiritual gifts and making my book this big that I have at home that I, God had given me the gift of word of knowledge. I never saw that on a test. Okay, And he, it might come up that a test tells you you have one gift and you really don't. So that's up to you. Just be, be aware of those things, okay? Um, let's look back on your sheet and let's answer how do you know what your spiritual gifts is are. Did I write that right? How do you know what your spiritual gift is? Okay. If you have more than one, it would be R. So whatever. Um, my, um, number one, begin with prayer. Ask God to reveal the gifts he has given to you, Okay. 
ask him. He wants you to know. Number two, remember spiritual gifts should always, always build up the church and not ourselves. We're to serve with those gifts, the church. Number three, look at the list of gifts and mark off the ones you know you do not have. Just, you know, I knew. Mercy, exhortation, knock them off. Um, tongues, no. I've already been told I don't know tongues. So tongues, just mark them off. That's going to help you. Okay? Number four, start with the gifts you most feel drawn towards. What do you show interest in? Number five, watch for improvement and development. Do you get better as it, at it as you go along? Do you find your initial fears subsiding? Heidi and I both can tell you, speaking before people, you have fears. Are they subsiding? And Heidi can tell you, and I can tell you, after a little while, your fears do subside. Number six, others will see your gifts. Ask trusted Christian friends to observe your life and tell you what gifts they see in you, because they will. Once, they under, once you understand gifts, you can do that for one another. Look at that list there and get together and ask each other. Number seven, practice. Do some trial and error. With related ministries, go into something. Do it. If you find out, I don't think that's right with me, try something else. Okay? It's okay to practice in different things. Okay, on the back of your handout, the first handout, you're going to see some additional questions. Take those home. Go through them. Maybe that will help, help you a little bit further. We won't go through those today, but that's something for you to use as your own resource when you get home. Also, I mentioned the last page on your handouts is a list of resources. I talked about the book Body Life. That talk, that, Ray Stedman did that. Um, very good book. Talks about the church, and it has a lot about spiritual gifts in there. It, and in fact, I think he goes through them individually. The next thing on your resources is Jim Shaddix. I don't know if I'm pronouncing that right. He actually is the pastor of teaching and training at David Platt's church. Great. Oh, he was great. Um, Go to there. Listen to his um, sermons on, it's actually on 1 Corinthians 12. John MacArthur has a sermon, Spirit Baptism. Actually, John MacArthur does not believe some gifts still exist. Just letting y'all know that. And then Dr. David Jeremiah has a book called God in You, Releasing the Power of the Holy Spirit in Your Life. Some good resources you may want to check out. Okay. Now, also, um, as I said, my email is at the top of of the first sheet. I would love to sit down with you if you have questions, if you want to discuss gifts, or if you want to talk more about it. Um, catch me here at Abide. If you see me at church, email me. I would love to be another resource for you um, if you want me to talk to you. If you want those scriptures, email me. I'll be glad to send you those, too. Um, and I think that might be all. Oh, I did it. 
on time. I was like, how am I going to get all that done in just a short amount, short amount of time? So um, I'm going to pray for us. Then you'll go. Erica is going to come up. She's going to have a brief announcement after I pray. And then you guys can head to your small groups. Okay? Let's bow our heads. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the gifts you give us. And I pray for each lady here that if they don't know their gift or their giftings, that you have given them at salvation, that you would reveal that to them because we know you want us to know. You have ministries, you have work for us to do, and you have gifted us to do that work in the body of Christ so that the world will see and you and see and that we can make Christ visible. Father, we thank you for your loving kindness. And you're always coming beside us um, with our, the giftings you've given us and that you will empower us to use these. Lord, go with us out today and let our lives make Christ look right. It's in his precious name we pray. Amen.